I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year. And each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Com and definitely check out those shows as well. Sarah Pinborough is the author of Insomnia, a novel. Sarah is a New York Times bestselling author and Sunday Times number one and internationally bestselling author who has published in over 25 territories worldwide. Having published more than 25 novels across various genres, she also has recent books, including Behind Her Eyes, which was a Netflix movie, Cross Her Heart, for UK television and 13 minutes with Netflix. Sarah was the 2009 winner of the British Fantasy Award for Best Short Story and also the 2010 and 2014 winner of the British Fantasy Award for Best Novella. She has been shortlisted four times for Best Novel and is also a screenwriter who has written for the BBC. She's currently working on three TV projects and the film adaptation of The Death House. Her latest novel, Dead to Her, is a dark and twisty sexy tale of hidden secrets and revenge in high society Savannah and has been sold for TV in the U.S. and now, of course, Insomnia. Sarah lives in the historic town of Stony Stratford, the home of the cock and bull story with her dog, Ted. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Insomnia, a novel. Thank you so much for having me. 
This is so timely because I feel like I'm often up in the middle of the night and this is something that we all sort of have in common. Everyone I talk to, it's like my whole team. I'm like, I was up from two to five. Well, I was up at four and I was up at dinner and I couldn't fall asleep. And there's always something. So, And it's always women. It's always women as well. I mean, I was in the park this morning with my dog and I saw a a woman who lives on my street and she said to me, oh, four o'clock this morning. And I was like, yeah, I was four o'clock yesterday. I managed to half five today. And I said, the whole street, we might as well just meet up and all the women are just have a cup of tea at five yeah. <laughs> you know? so because true. we're all awake it's crazy it is crazy I do have to say my husband has terrible insomnia so it's not oh, good he's good. my one he's case taking yeah, good it. It. <laughs> he's taking it for the team <laughs> <laughs> the one man although I have to say he doesn't really talk about it which means I really should not be talking about it here myself <laughs> on this podcast but I feel like women are much more likely to wake up and talk about it than men mm. They'll they'll just be like okay off to do whatever these, these are terrible generalizations but some men have a pride in it as well. It's like, oh, I only slept for four hours last night. And I'm like, wow, way. I would rather have seven. <laughs> well, I love how you take this very common thing and fictionalize, make it part of the backdrop of this story. Well, not even the backdrop, how insomnia can lead to madness, essentially. And like, what does yeah. that even mean? I feel like I can relate <laughs> to like, when you're Amazing. really tired. When you research it, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I lack sleep, but I never go kind of completely without for days. But people worry about having no water or food, but no sleep will kill you faster than anything else. You know, within three days, you're hallucinating. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? It's true. So yeah. It like yeah. almost makes you want to try it, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. I remember being a kid and staying up for 24 hours. Yeah. And then, you know, like as when I was like nine or 10, a friend and friend of mine, and we had a sleepover and we did it. And that was hard work at nine. So I don't know how trying to do three days would be. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd pass out. Although I have to say when I was going to sleep last night, I told my husband, he's in LA right now. And I was like, all right, well, I've now been up for 20 hours. So I think I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> But don't you find your heart kind of kicks in as if to say, okay, we're staying awake then. Oh yeah, and I could barely go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, terrible. Had to read, you know. Can I read this one passage which totally like summarizes my headspace when all of these things happen? It's just a one of many great descriptions, but I put the kettle on and make a chamomile tea. Maybe I should put vodka in it, like Michelle suggested. I stare at the booze cupboard for a moment too long, more tempted than I should be before turning away. She drank when she didn't sleep, meaning character's mom. The kettle clicks off and I pour and then glance at the back door once more as the tea steeps. It is locked, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I check again. This is ridiculous. This is, I stop myself before the word crazy. This is not crazy. This is a blip. Too much on my mind. Maybe it's even hormonal. The start of the run-up to the change. I roll my head around on my shoulders and then sip the hot drink. I look at the clock. Five past two. Creeping closer to Monday morning already. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I should back up so you can tell listeners the plot of insomnia. Okay. Well, I'm terrible at this. I'm going to apologize to your listeners in advance. But it's basically the story of a woman called Emma, who is a very successful businesswoman. She's a lawyer and she's married to a stay-at-home dad she has a 17 year old daughter and a five-year-old son and on the surface everything is perfect but you know she's pedaling hard under the water and is you know trying to manage everything her husband's getting a little bit unhappy with being at home all the time problems with the kids and as she approaches her 40th birthday she stops sleeping which for anybody else would be a blip but for emma her own mother stopped sleeping about two weeks before her 40th birthday 
and did something really, really terrible. And she always sort of implied to Emma that the same thing would happen to her. So Emma is now in this sort of cycle of, am I going crazy or is someone messing with me? And, you know, is it possible that both things are happening? Yeah. So she kind of is the ultimate ult- sort of unreliable narrator because even she doesn't trust herself. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it was. it's kind of, I've tried to put in a couple of, I've tried to make serious points out of a couple of tongue-in-cheek things I have with women, which I, for me, pers- I mean, I just turned 50, so I'm a sort of a decade ahead of Emma. But women have kind of, we grow up with this fear of turning 40 and getting older as if, you know, sort of conditioned to feel like this is some big change in lives and it's just a number. And also we have a real fear of turning into our mothers, which I think is also kind of weird because until you're 12 your mum's the center of your universe and then suddenly you're kicking back and this poor woman who's done everything for you becomes the last person in the world you want to be like which is very strange (laughs) so I kind of have taken those two themes and and played around in a sort of more serious way with them (laughs) so true I I feel like I'm 46 and so I was afraid of 40 and now although not 100% afraid because my mother had always told me that like her life got good in her 40s. And yeah. so I was always like holding out. I'm like, what's going to happen in my 40s? And actually my 40s have been great. But I will say, I look at pictures and people are like, even other people, they're like, you guys look like twins. And I was, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> or you hear yourself saying something that sounds like something your mom would say. And you're like, no, I'm much younger and freer. And, you yeah. know, I start saying like judgmental things. Yeah. I'm like, that's my mother speaking. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mother has like a younger looking face, I feel like at this point than I do because of whatever she's doing. So I mean, not, you know, she's just blessed, I think. And anyway, it's very funny as we uh, circle the age drain here together. <laughs> um, uh, you did have one little passage and then I'll stop reading, but you said 40 has always loomed like a specter in my life. More so, more so, for, hold on, I can't even this case in point. You've got, okay. you've got vodka in that tea, haven't you? I have no vodka, but I, forgot, I can't read. Uh, so anyway, my glasses are now on. 40 has always loomed like a specter in my life, more so for me than for Phoebe, because Phoebe was never called the mad child by our mother. It was me she'd whisper to sometimes that I'd go mad like her, hissed in my face as her fingers dug too tightly into my arms, that I had the bad blood too. It ran in our family. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's like making all other families seem quite normal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. So you took things that were going on in your life. You turned them into fiction. You've written many books, best-selling author. How did this whole thing start? Take me back. Oh God, way back. In way back. Go back in the day. I think I kind of always, I think anybody who writes for a living has always been a writer from childhood because I think it's the kind of job, if you're lucky, you have success. And if you're very lucky, you can make a living. But a lot of people, it doesn't work that way, you know, but they still write books. So I think it's got to be in your blood to do it. So I always kind of wrote short stories and bits and pieces, but it was only when I was about 30, I sort of sat down to write a whole book. And I wrote a horror novel because I grew up with Stephen King, Dean Koontz, who you had on. And, you know, I grew up on sort of horror, the pan book of ghost stories and all these kind of things. I really like, I was always scared of the dark. I never slept as a child. So I started out writing horror for the American market for a company called Leisure that are no longer in existence, but they were a mass market paperback publisher. So I kind of learned a few things there. And then I've just 
sort of continued on. I mean, that was nearly 20 years ago now. It's oh crazy. I think I knew, you know, and then obviously Behind Your Eyes came along and that sort of changed everything for me, you know. So, what, so, so tell me about that. What was that like? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy. And you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Well, I it was a really interesting journey because I was contracted to I was with two other publishers, Orion and Quercus, and I owed each a book. And I was at this big writers convention in London at the O2 Centre. So it was really massive. And I was hearing people getting really good deals and stuff. And I've I've never been a person to be envious of other deals because it's such a roller, you know, swings and roundabouts. One person's success does not stop anybody else's, you know. But I was thinking, oh, God, am I ever going to have my moment? Is my shelf life coming to an end? Because if you're sitting in that, if you're not getting paid enough, you don't get the marketing. So you don't get, you know how it goes. It's like, you know, that the machine has to work in your favor. And I thought, well... I'm getting these kind of mid-list deals, so I'm never going to break out. And are they going to stop buying my books? And then there was an editor at HarperCollins called Natasha Barden, who I knew socially. And she, she texted me and she said, do you want to come for dinner with Joe Abercrombie and a couple of people tonight? And I was like, well, I think I'm going to go home. I'm, you know, a bit tired. She said, well, why don't we meet for a coffee now? So we met and obviously had a beer, not a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she then said, we want to publish you at HarperCollins. We don't think you're being published right, blah, blah, blah. So for me, this was like, oh, 
dream come true. But I owed these other books. So I had to buy my way out of one, which was not a pleasant experience. But I said to her, I haven't really got anything. I haven't got an idea. And she said, well, she said, come up with something that I can take to the publishing meeting in 10 days. She said, it doesn't have to be brilliant, which means it has to be you know, like she's not going to sell something that's terrible. Is she? Oh, she's giving me this really rubbish idea. So I was like, oh God. So I went away and I wanted to write about affairs. I was in my early forties and I wanted to write about dynamics of long-term relationships and that the, all the worst parts of love, if you know what I mean, because we always talk about love as this great thing, but actually women get murdered because of obsessive love partners, people, you know, not, and, and men as well, you know, people get murdered over love and it's not always a good thing. So I started playing around with a couple of secrets because I've been reading all these Gone Girl kind of books and really getting into it. Sorry, I talk very fast and I do walk. No, I love it. Keep going. Give me the cutoff signal. Nope. No, 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 don't cut off. <laughs> So then I was like, oh, well, maybe they've murdered someone in the past. And I was looking at all this and I just thought, wow, it's not that original. You know, there's nothing in here that says that it's mine. You know, it could be any number of thrillers. And then I just, I just, the ending, well, actually what I did was, I mean, this makes me sound like an alcoholic and I don't actually drink very much, but I was so, it had been a really bad week. I'd been looking after my friend's dog and I'd had to have it put down. Another friend of mine who'd been dying died. And I'm trying to come up with this book. And I was just like, I've got nothing. So I went to the pub, got a glass of wine and thought, it's my big opportunity and I've already blown it. And then I just got the ending. I sort of started to think about a murder. And then I thought, ah, this could work. So yeah. And then when I pitched it, they were originally going to publish it under the fantasy imprint. And then they said, no, this pitch is, we can play this as a straight thriller and sell it as a straight thriller and then let people be surprised by it, which did work. So, I mean, some, it was love or hate, but yeah, it did work. Amazing. Uh, yeah. So then how did you feel when that took off? And like, tell me about that. Whole- it was crazy because obviously, you know, things like New York Times and Sunday Times, they'd never been in my kind of, I never looked at it. I was never expected to be on those lists. So it was very strange. And and very exciting and great. And then obviously we sold the TV to Left Bank and that's all gone really well. I'm writing Insomnia for Left Bank as we oh speak. Oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. So it did, I mean, that book did change my life really, but I'm glad it wasn't my first book. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see people who have that big success with the first book and they think this is publishing <laughs> rather, you know, rather than actually most people are getting like 20,000 for a book, 30,000 tops, you know, it's a nice figure. And then, then, you know, I found it fascinating, the shift in things like for years I'd been going to festivals and I'd pay my own way and I'd pay my hotel or even if they were paying for part of it after a little while, I got myself there. I got myself to the event because I'm a grown up. And then suddenly they're like, oh, do you need me to come on the train with you? It's like, I'm not your grandma. I can get a train by myself, you know? But suddenly it's like when you don't need them to give you the money, everyone wants to give you the money for things. And I kind of am like, with all due respect, people who've got a bestseller don't necessarily need the publisher to pay the train fare, but the person four rungs down the ladder does. So I'm kind of like, they should maybe shift that. I know it doesn't work that way because they want to fluff you and make you feel special, but it's also crazy. You spend all those years scrimping to go places and then suddenly when you don't really need to go, people want to pay. Interesting. But that's the world. <laughs> 
That's wow. my little menopausal rant for the for the No, company. no, I like it. I like it. I actually I started a publishing company and so ah. our books are coming out in February and I've been trying to Because you're not busy enough. Oh stop. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm trying to play with different elements and that's a really interesting point. Mm. You know? Like everybody should be treated kind of equally. That's Yeah. I mean I get it. If you've got some you know, if you're publishing I don't know. In England, I always say Ian Rankin, the poor man. I've just used him as an example because, you know, he's at every crime convention and he's really successful, a yep. Lee yep. child, someone like that. You know, they're getting paid a fortune anyway. And I kind of think, does it really matter if you have to pay £100 for your train fare? Whereas that person who only got paid 5000 for their book, that's a, a lot of money to pay and then hotels. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. Good point. I'm going to stew over that. <laughs> <laughs> So aside from drinking heavily, what do you like Obviously, to do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you like to do when you're not writing? Well, the problem is, I mean, I've got a dog called Ted and he takes up quite a lot of time. What kind of dog? He's a Romanian rescue. He looks <laughs> like a fat fox. He was a lot of he was a lot of hard work, but he's a very, very sweet, lovely dog. I mean, I think I don't know about you. You're obviously very busy. But the pandemic kind of slowed everything down, you know, and you just kind of I, I worked, I walked my dog. And one, so I was 50 in March and I, and I think there is that thing when you hit a decade number, like 40 or 50 or 30 that you reevaluate a bit. So I've been living in my little lovely town called Stony Stratford, but I have now just taken on an apartment in London for two years, Ooh. split my time. Cause I used to live in London and I, I kind of miss, I mean, not in central London, it's in Chiswick. So it's kind of West London, it's leafy suburb, but it's got the buzz. It's got lots of places, lots of things to do. So I'm going to, I need to try and do more because I do just work and you can get in that rut of it being, especially if you don't have, I don't have a husband, I don't have kids. So there's no one to pull you out of it, but mm-hmm. you, know, you have to go and do other things. So yeah. So I've decided that at 50 and also I broke my back last year. Oh no. Yeah. Which was a bit boring, but it it just did make me reevaluate things a little bit. And so now that I'm I'm less wobbly on my feet, yeah, I'm trying to, I think, well, you know, maybe I'll go and I might meet some handsome man in the park and maybe write a rom-com after that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> as long as it's not a murder mystery. <laughs> rom-com murder mysteries. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Wait, how did you break your back? Oh, it was really exciting. I was carrying a vacuum cleaner and I fell over backwards. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah, I hit the wall with this vacuum cleaner in a box and I landed on my bottom holding this box and my spine just kind of concertina. Oh my gosh. It's, uh, yeah, it was nice. Oh. Yeah, that is not glamorous. I think you need a, a new story. There. I know. I do try. I did tell someone I did it skiing and they just looked at me and laughed and said, You've not need <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm quite a lazy person. I've got to be careful with what lie I come up for with that one. <laughs> really funny oh my gosh well, what about reading do you like to read yes I, well, I read and I watch a lot I've really got into watching a lot of movies and tv I think because I'm working more in movies and tv at the moment but yes reading that vanished in the pandemic mm. you know like I used to always read and then it just like my concentration just went and now I am getting back into it. You're going to ask me something I've read recently and my brain's I won't end. ask you. No, okay. I'm not but I have been read, like, I don't even, you must get this loads. You get sent a lot of proofs and they're very similar after a little while. And sometimes you just think, okay, this is probably is a really great thriller, but all I've done is read thrillers for like three months. I need to stop and read something else. So I'm trying to vary my 
my reading a little bit more. Like I've just bought some historical fiction because I used to love reading historical fiction and I haven't read any for ages. And I'm reading a lot of anthologies mm-hmm. so you can dip in and out. Yep. I read, what should I read that I really loved last? I read The New Ruth Ware I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then what did I finish the other day that I was raving about on the internet? I can't remember menopause brain it goes in it comes out it goes in it comes out laura purcell's new one set in victorian theater yeah it's like a ghost story ghost story slash thriller which was really interesting to read something that was a bit less who's killed my baby or my husband or whatever you know like sometimes psychological thrillers it was slightly different so especially when i'm writing one i don't always want to read one you know, because you can get like nervous. Like, oh God, this one's really good and mine's really rubbish. <laughs> That's funny. I'm reading an anthology now too. And I feel like I've been so tired lately that it's it's great. But then I read one essay and then I'm like, oh, well, now I need to read the next one. because Yeah. This one. So then I end up reading just as much as I would have read anything Have else. you read, there's a book called Eight Detectives. No. I think it's Alex Parvesi. It's really clever. Hmm. And it's eight interwoven well it's short stories but there's a story going between them all mm-hmm. as well it's really 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 clever it was quite a big hit here I'm not sure the paperback's out yet but it was really good so if it kind of mashes up the idea of an anthology and a novel so you can do that thing of reading okay. one, but it was really clever wait say it again eight strangers no eight, what eight you detectives eight, eight detectives eight. this is my brain yeah. today so yeah. we're doing I can't well even with our brains maintain information for 30 <laughs> seconds eight detectives maybe now that i said it out loud i'll remember yeah but eight detectives <laughs> the anthology i'm reading is the actress zosia mammoth i don't think that's even how you pronounce it but anyway she got all these people to write about food and feelings. Which oh my I'm gosh! Interested in. So I am a my... big eater of my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am a massive eater of my feelings. <laughs> yes. yes, as am I. And so, anyway, it's really interesting, and it has a couple. Re- it has recipes, but it's you know people breaking up at dinner and ah. um, people. It's really good. It's mm. um, I'm really enjoying the different perspectives and feeling a little less crazy, perhaps myself. That's always good. That's always helpful. Which is always nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While eating a donut, reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying intermittent fasting right now, which is oh, all God, right. No. Yeah. I, I try and do that too. And it's. I've oh, done it for, I've, I'm on like day 10. Let's see how long I can pull this are you off. Doing like the, are you doing the 16 8? Are you doing the. I, I'm not even like measuring it. I'm just like eating dinner and then I'm not eating again till like 12, 12 30. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just not being crazy. Like, really, is there a difference between like 8 p.m. and 9 p.m.? Maybe, but whatever. I'm just not <laughs> snacking at night anymore. So for me, like, it's now that I'm not inhaling chocolate chip cookies, I'll be fine. Yeah. It's not 8 or 9. It's, it's like, I don't know if you ever saw, we had a show over here, which was one of my favorite things ever called Absolutely Fabulous. I've heard of and it. And it's these two women. They're very funny. And one of them, she's she comes downstairs and she's on this diet where she's eating weird things. And the daughter just looks at her and the daughter's very sensible and she goes, oh, mother, just eat less and move more. And the mum turns around and she went, oh, darling, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. (laughs) 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 But it's so true, isn't it? It's just like, stop snacking. They make it sound easy. (laughs) I know. It's so true. It's so true. It's all about your headspace. It's all about like... 
am I really motivated to do this right now? Because if I'm not, then I could try a hundred things and none of them are going to work. And if I, I am, just end up looking at cake on the computer, I just like today, I spent a lot of time looking at cake on Deliveroo and then texting my best friend saying I wanted cake. And then she orders the cake and eats the cake. And I'm still just looking at the pictures of it. And she's like, <laughs> stop telling me about cake. <laughs> <laughs> what is Deliveroo? Is that like a food delivery? Oh service? my gosh. Yes. Deliveroo is everything. They do like supermarkets, restaurants. You just get there's like thousands of well I like for my area which is quite small there's like maybe 150 places and you just say what you want and they go and get it it's called Postmates here yeah Some same delivery. thing yeah basically I've never heard of delivery but there you go facilitates all Learn my bad something habits. new <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been a blast. Thank you for making my own insomnia feel a little less problematic and all of that. I hope you have fun in London and I would love to get a drink at some point in real life. If you're over, I'm there. You never know about me. Yes, definitely. It would be great fun. Okay. And I'm still in awe of your study. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And this too could be yours. You just have to rearrange your books, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to show you mine. It's way too messy. No. I, I won't even. I won't be. All right. Thank you so much. Have a thank great day. Thank you so much. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.